Well, I am pleased to welcome to the City Ford Faceoff Show a gentleman who played on both sides of the Battle of Alberta over the course of his 500-plus game National Hockey League career. It is Curtis Glencross checking in tonight. Curtis, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's nice to catch up with you. Uh, before we dive into some of the, the hockey stuff, let everybody know what you're up to these days. Well, I'm not doing a whole lot, really. Just chasing uh, my five kids around, and uh, that's keeping me uh, quite busy. Uh, are you living in Alberta? We are. We uh, we live just north of Calgary, um, between Calgary and Cochrane on an acreage, my wife and I and our, and our kids. And, uh, yeah, just kind of hanging out here and can, uh, kind of stay in our own little bubble out here. So it's been kind of nice. Yeah, bubble the uh, <laughs> the key word for a lot of sports. The NHL was in one. The uh, the curlers are in a bubble right now in Calgary. So you've got the Glen Cross family bubble going as well. Hey, uh, it's nice to catch up with you. And um, uh, you know, I, w- I want to talk to you about some of your uh, your off ice ventures that have kept you busy too. Uh, because I believe you've been involved with the Flames uh, Foundation. Uh, and I think you've done some work with Special Olympics and, and things like that. Maybe just tell people about, um, you know, getting involved with these organizations uh, beyond your, your playing career and, and why that's been important to you. Yeah, so I've, I've uh, been involved with quite a few different charities over the years in Calgary here and, and all over central Alberta. I've, I uh, started out uh, in Calgary here with, um, you know, Special Olympics and uh, Crime Stoppers as part of some charity events with them. And then I got into really being involved with the Ron McDonald House and the Alberta Children's Hospital and and uh, places like that. And I ended up going in and, and uh, starting my own charity events and I've had a, a rough stock rodeo and, and uh, poker event the last uh the last eight years and this year is the first year we've had off obviously with covid and uh and have raised uh about 1.8 million dollars for uh for the ron mcdonald houses in alberta so we've uh you know i've got to know a lot of people and have so many great sponsors over the years and and a lot of friends that i've made that have been uh just such a huge contributor to the charities that i've supported over the years and it's something i continue to do as much as i can uh i'm a big part of the you know, the Calgary Flames Foundation, the Calgary Flames have actually been a, a title sponsor of my, my charity event um, since day one and a huge supporter of it. And that's been a that's been a, a really, really um, great connection I have with them and and it's uh, you know, it's gone in now to you know, I'm uh, it's heavily involved with our alumni group here in Calgary and and uh, still do some stuff with Edmonton when I when I get the call and I'm up in the area. So it's it's nice that I can be on the executive committee here in Calgary, though, and, and be a part of what's going on. Did you sort of feel, uh, I, I don't know, did, did you feel responsibility to do that as a, as a pro athlete, or was there uh, somebody with, with either organization or maybe even a family member or relative that inspired you to, to do some of this the community work? Because, you know, I think a, a lot of pro athletes do do it, but, but not all of them do, and sometimes there is a story behind, behind why somebody gets involved. You know what, I think... You know, I was pretty fortunate, obviously, to play with the Oilers and the Flames, and and you look at their ownership groups and their their uh, you know their their leadership teams behind them, and they're always a they're always a pushing force, um, you know, to get guys involved and get them in the community and and that kind of thing. And I think it just it's it stems down, and and uh, you just kind of want to go with what's going on, and and it's you know it's 
we're, we're pretty fortunate to get to play the game that we love to play for so many years, and it doesn't last forever, but in them years that you do, you want to do as much as you can to give back and help out and give back to the fans and the community, and, and uh, that's where it all starts. And then when you're, you know, when you're done and you get into retirement, and, you know, that's something that I think you'll always take with you, and it's, it's something that, you know, I... I definitely take a lot of pride, and I like to do as many charity events as I can. And I like I love being out in the community and being involved, and and the connections and the people you meet. It's you know that's a big part of you know growing up and and playing in Alberta. So it's something that I've always loved doing. Curtis Glencross joining us on the Face Off Show. Well, speaking of playing in Alberta, you played in the AJHL, and to date both of us a little bit, Curtis, uh, I would have seen you play a very little bit with the Brooks Bandits uh, about 20 years ago because I was working at the TV and radio station in Lloydminster. Now, Brooks only came to Lloyd for, for one game uh, each season, but we, we would have had a little bit of overlap there. But but take me back, you know, when, you, when you're that age, uh, you know, in your late teens playing for Brooks, did you have any inkling that an NHL career might be ahead of you or what were you thinking at that stage of your life? You know what, it's funny because uh, my route was kind of quite a bit different than a lot of guys. And, uh, you know, I I played my midget hockey back in my in my hometown or my small town that I grew up in, Provost, Alberta. And, and when I got the, the invite or, uh, to go and try out for a junior team, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'll uh, get to go play hockey another couple of years and, and uh, kind of see what happens from there, right? Just a couple more years after midget. And uh, things kind of snowballed for me in, in kind of a hurry. And, you know, after my first year in juniors, I, in Brookshire, I started, we were an expansion team when I went in there. So, you know, we didn't have real high expectations either going in. And, uh, we, you know, we were the bottom feeders of the AJ for the, my first couple of years. And, uh, but I started talking to some schools and, and uh, starting to get some traction around and, and ended up signing a scholarship. And it was, uh, you know, Brooks, I love Brooks. I, you know, I probably, everyone says they had the best billets um, that hockey could have, but my billets and Brooks, I was with Richard and Shelley Duncan Brooks, and they were the most unbelievable billets you could ever have, and, and my second home, and, and it just, like I said, it snowballed from there. My two years in Brooks, I went to two years in University of Alaska, Anchorage, and two years after them, two years there, I signed with the Ducks as a as a free agent um, back in 04, so it kind of snowballed for me in a hurry, and, and uh, yeah, never thought coming out of Provost to, you know, in grade 12 and, and heading to um, to Brooks, I'd be three years later, three and a half years later, um, you know, signing a contract. Do you remember your first NHL game with the uh, with the Blue Jackets? Or sorry, it was with Anaheim. You played a couple with Anaheim first. I was with, yeah, I was with Anaheim. I definitely, my first game, I uh, um, was actually... Just uh, my parents actually just flew out to uh, out to Portland, Maine, because that's where we were in the minors that year, and uh, just landed the the day before. And we went to pregame skate the next morning in Portland, and went to pregame meal. And on my way home, I got a call and said that I was getting called up, and I had to be in Boston in in two three hours. I had to be in Boston, and I was on a flight to Anaheim to play tomorrow the next night. So my parents and uh, got a flight just after me, and. And we all flew out to Anaheim. And my first uh, my first game, I was fortunate enough. I um, I was on line with uh, Getzloff and Perry, and uh, I ended up getting a sh- my I think it was my second shift, my first shot on goal. Um, I got a pass from Getzloff right in the slot and went top corner on against the Avalanche on Peter Budai. So it's something uh, I'll definitely never forget. Ah, uh, that's an awesome story. You played for the Oilers in 0708. 
Uh, you got in 26 games, had a very respectable nine goals, and uh, and then you didn't come back. You, you wound up going to the Calgary Flames, and you're one of those players, you know, with, uh, with sometimes looking back, Oilers fans will say, why didn't they bring back Curtis Glencross? Uh, give me your recollection of uh, not staying with the Oilers and then becoming a Calgary Flame. You know, it's it's funny because uh, you know, obviously for me coming back home and and growing up in Provost is oil country, obviously, and and for me coming back and playing at Edmonton, it was like a dream come true coming, um, you know, coming back to play at home for the first time, and and uh, it was something I, you know, I was like I said, it was a dream. Um, that that we obviously, uh, you know, I played on the fourth line for the rest of that season there with uh, Kyle Brodziak and Storts, um, Zach Stortini were my line mates, and and uh, I don't know, we had a connection, uh, Kyle Brodziak and I, we. We're just, uh, I don't know, it's on the boat. Being, you know, always seems that you always talk about having pairs or groups of guys that just kind of mesh and click, and and uh, we just meshed, and we had a really good chance, like I said, 26 games to the end of the season there, and and uh, so it came to uh, as a free agent at the end of the year, and uh, things just didn't work out, and we. Uh, called back and forth and tried to get a deal on the table and I got a low, real low offer from the Oilers and and uh, we just said we'd wait till July 1st and see what happened and uh, we called the Oilers that morning and, and to see if uh, if uh, anything would come of it, if they wanted to do anything more in the contract and they said that they were wanting to save up for free agency and they had a couple um, big guys that they wanted to go after and, and uh, it was about 10 you know, free, I think it's 10 o'clock free agency or whatever here in Alberta. And quarter after 10, I actually had a call from Daryl Sutter and uh, had a three-year deal on the table for me um, here in Calgary and uh, was quite a bit better deal in Edmonton. So I ended up, uh, we called back to Edmonton and asked them if they were interested in, in, in um, matching it or, you know, coming close to it. And, and they said that they couldn't do it. So I ended up in Calgary. Well, you had some good years uh, with the Flames. Uh, what, 15 or more goals uh, four times? You got to 26 goals in 11 12. And, and Curtis, I was checking some of your stats, and you had a shooting percentage of almost 24% in 11 12, which is, well, I don't want to say it's unheard of because you did it, but it's unusual to have that high of a shooting percentage. So, what do you remember about that year? Like, were, did you feel hot did you feel confident did, did did things just go your way like what what happened that season you know what that's uh you know that was one of the probably the turnaround season one of the better seasons of my like obviously my career and and you know it was uh it was brent sutter was my coach here and i just uh you know just clicked with him and and uh was i don't know it was just one of them years where everything kind of you know i had my ups and downs and and uh it's funny because I, you know, it goes back to Brent. Like I thought at one point in the year that I seemed like I couldn't really do anything right for him, and you know, let alone it was just myself thinking that. And and when I went in to actually have a meeting with him and talk to him about it, it was uh, it was that he was you know just trying to push me in a different way, and and that uh, you know he was behind me and and wanted you know wanted the best for me, and and uh, that's just kind of how that season went, and and uh, you know I have a lot of respect for for Brent as a coach because he you know he he used me as an example and and pushed me in the ways that made me a better player and and you know made me get to the success I had that season. Curtis Glencross, former Flame, former Oiler, checking in tonight. The two current editions of the teams will play at 8 o'clock. Curtis, I'll just throw you a, a couple more. Uh, I'll have some fun with this one. So as a player, 
What would have been more motivating, having lost three games in a row and only having scored one goal as a team, or playing the first game after your coach got fired? I'd say uh, probably playing that first game after your coach got fired. Um, you know, that's something where it's like a fresh start for everyone and everyone wants to come out and um, they know who's coming in. And it's something where you have to be ready to go And because, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a fresh start, fresh, fresh, clean slate. And, and uh, you got new coaches and new people and new eyes that you, um, you need to impress and you need to get out there and take advantage of your situation. All right, and uh, let people know how, how how much hockey you're able to, to watch these days and if there are any teams or players you really enjoy following. You know what, I the game has changed so much, and, you know, it seems like just, you know, I've been out fought this my sixth year out, and it just seems like yesterday that, um, you know, I was done, and, and it's just amazing how these young guys and the speed and the, and the transition in the game and, and the way uh, – just everything about the game, how exciting it is. You know, obviously it's a lot faster and just the, the creativity and it's, you know, obviously the game's changed quite a bit and you, there's guys you're allowed to do a little bit more and try to get a little more creative and it's a it's a game of turnovers and chances and, and taking advantage of them chances and, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's a fun game to watch and I, I tend to watch more now. Um, obviously when, when I played, I didn't really like watching very much because we uh, – you watch enough video at the rink when you were there, and and you're, when you got home, you kind of wanted to turn it off. But um, you know, now that I'm a few years out, I I seem to watch, and you know, it's exciting to watch. Even watch guys that I played with that are still in the game, and and uh, you know, you're you're always, you know, and I think when if you're in the game and you love the game, you always have a you know a soft spot in your heart, and and something that you always want to you want to be involved in, and and uh, it's you know, it's I enjoy watching the games now, and watching how you know how good and fast, and and how exciting some of the young players. Are. Yeah, for sure. Well, Curtis, thanks for checking in. This, this was awesome to feature feature you as our alumni uh, interview tonight. Thanks for going down memory lane with us a little bit, and uh, thanks for telling the story behind all your charitable work. You're still doing awesome stuff with that. Really appreciate your time. I hope we can talk again and enjoy the game tonight. Sounds very good, Reed. Thanks for having me. That is Curtis Glencross checking in tonight as he was telling you briefly in Edmonton Oilers and then went on to play several seasons with the Calgary Flames, also appeared for Washington, Columbus, and Anaheim along the way. He